This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. It's the final hour of power here on this Tuesday night edition of Overtime here on 106.7 The Fan and always streaming live nationally on the free Odyssey app. Youngest in Charge movement, Linnell Willingham, taking you up to 10 o'clock before we dish the rock to the JR Sport Brief show. Right now, though, I told you we only had star-studded guest only here on Overtime when I'm in the chair. Joining us right now on the BetQL guest hotline, Bet Smarter, Beat the Books. Download the BetQL app today. I don't even think he needs any introduction. I just call him Big Game Tommy. He is Tom Lavero. Sports columnist at the Washington Times and on the Mount Rushmore of D.C. media members. Big game, Tommy. You made some time for me tonight, my man. How you doing? Oh, well, now I tell you what, it's a pleasure to be on with you. I enjoy your work. Hey, I appreciate you, my man. Look, let's let's get right into it. I actually heard you, was it was it Monday? Yeah, it had to be Monday because today's Tuesday. I heard you yesterday on with my boys, Scotty and Doc Walker, yesterday on the Burgundy and Gold Today. You guys were discussing the quarterback situation. We've discussed that. Uh, quite a bit here tonight talking about the Washington Commanders. Ron Rivera, obviously, post game naming Taylor the starter moving forward. I'll ask you straight up like this, Tom. Do you see Carson Wentz starting another game this season uh, for the Washington Commanders? No. No, no I don't. Uh, I, uh, I, I went to training camp in August. And I had my mind made up probably before I walked into training camp, and I didn't <laughs> see any. I didn't see anything to change my mind that Carson Wentz would be benched by the tenth week of the season. And I said that in August. I, I said that you know that uh, from what I saw in Indianapolis, he's not the quarterback that they think they got. Uh, I question who was the one who really was motivated Seriously. to make that trade at this point. And uh, I just felt that the team would be more effective with Taylor Heineke. It doesn't mean he's a better quarterback. Right. Okay. It just means that he can do more to help the offense be more effective. Uh, and Carson Wentz is kind of damaged. His, his days are gone. I mean, I remember Carson Wentz was stunning in his early days in his ability to avoid being sacked and to make plays, it was as good as I've, no, except for maybe Mahomes. Right. It's as good as I've ever seen. Okay. But he's not that guy. No. There's, he's not that guy anymore. Now he's a statue back there. And uh, the, the, the biggest flaw for this team still is pass protection. Yeah. They benefit from Carson Wentz, from, from Taylor Heineke being mobile, getting rid of the ball quick. But if Carson Wentz is back there, uh, for some of these games they've got coming up against the Giants and the Cowboys and the 49ers, that's, that's an absolute train wreck. Tom, we all know about the good juju and the moxie and the way guys rally around quarterback Taylor Heineke, but you know this as well as anybody. He's had some luck on his side as well this year. 
He's thrown, what, four interceptions in his five starts, and he's had several others dropped. Do you eventually think the turnovers will catch up to Taylor Heineke? Because you know this. The only thing right now stopping this Washington Commanders football team is the offensive side of the ball and whether or not they can protect the football and, and, and allow this defense to do what they do. Well, it's interesting. Against against uh, Houston on Sunday, within the first five minutes, <laughs> I said the only team that could beat the Commanders were, were, were the Washington Commanders. Right. You know, self-inflicted defeats. And for like for this Sunday against Atlanta, I think it's going to be the same way. I think the Falcons are tailor-made. Tailor-made. You got that? <laughs> so I see a big game. <laughs> for, 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 for what the uh, Commanders can do. Uh, but, you know, you know, Taylor Heineke has Rex Grossman in him. Rex Grossman oh, Lord, Tom. would throw. Don't, don't remind look, me about Rex. Look, Rex took the Bears to a Super Bowl. He did. He wasn't necessarily a good quarterback, but he took the Bears to the Super Bowl where they lost to Peyton Manning and the Colts. And the one thing about Rex is the players loved playing for him yeah. because he could throw, go out there and throw four touch, four interceptions and say, hey, you know, I'll come back and make, try to make the same play with you. Right. And they love that moxie. They love that swagger. And Taylor Heineke has that. And Carson Wentz may have had that at one point, but he, he's too shell-shocked now. I don't, think, I don't think he has it in him. So I think as much as, Carson, as much as Taylor Heineke could self-inflict his way to a defeat or two, I think he's the best option right now moving forward. Is he the best option to, for this team to take the leap they've been trying to make for 30 years into a consistent winner? No, I don't think that's the case. But right now, this season, this year, it's Taylor Heineke. Tom, going back to last year, in the offseason, a lot of people you know, were projecting this Washington then-football team to be a 9-10 win team and maybe be a dark horse team in the NFC. A lot of that conversation and predictions were centered around the defense and, and how much potential people thought that group had. Obviously, that didn't come to fruition a season ago. They were one of the worst teams in the league on third down. They led the NFL in passing touchdowns, given up. But this year, though, Tom, they've played – I'm on record saying it. You, you can walk me back here. I'm just a young, dumb idiot. I think defensively, Tom, they're playing at a championship level, and I feel like they're a good to above-average quarterback away from this team – potentially being in the upper echelon of the conference. What do you think? I think you're right. But that's a big that's a big, big canyon. <laughs> that's a big canyon. That's the that's the whole thing. It's the what takes you to that next level is the quarterback. And they've been searching for a quarterback for decades. Yeah. You know, Dan Snyder, Skipper Dan, the sailing man, he told <laughs> the Maryland Gaming Commission that I finally got my quarterback. We got a quarterback this year. Well, they didn't. And they're still looking, and they're going to be looking in the draft this year again. But you're right about the defense. It's playing at an elite level right now. It's playing, particularly the defensive line, yeah. is playing at the level we thought that they, we expected them to play at with three and four, and another one, four first-round draft picks right. along that line with, with, you know, with Chase Young now coming back. Uh, from his knee injury to play this Sunday. So, I mean, they're finally realizing what we expected of them. And I wrote a column in, in today's Washington Times that says, I think part of the reason for, for the change from last year, and we didn't necessarily see it at the time, was when Ron Rivera fired Sam Mills yeah. 
Sam Mills at third uh, in the middle of training camp. It was a bizarre was, thing. <laughs> oh my gosh, who does that? You know, I mean, I mean, it, it seemed like a team in chaos, and I roundly criticized him for it. But I, Rivera knew what he was doing, and I suspect that he knew what he was doing at the end of last year. But it was a hard decision for him to make because I think they're, they're probably close. Mm-hmm. I mean, Sam Mills has been with Ron since 2011. And I think it was a decision that Rivera hoped he didn't have to make. But at some point he did. Sam Mills, uh, from what I've heard, it was a source of friction among the defensive linemen last year. Uh, Matt Ioannidis wanted out of Washington, supposedly, because of, of Sam Mills the third as a defensive line coach. And it's hard not to connect those dots yeah. and see the way they're playing out. Last year, Deron Payne and Jonathan Allen were throwing fists on the sideline. <laughs> now they're slapping five and, and, and hugging each other. And that's a big difference, I think. They, their, their whole attitude uh, and uh, atmosphere has changed significantly. And they are an elite defense. You're right about that. Now, we're, we're in agreement, Tom, that this is an elite defense, but it all brings us back to the big question. And we know they're not going to get quarterback solved this year or, 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 or hell, Tom, even maybe this offseason. But for the remaining, what, six or seven games that are left on the schedule, I don't have the exact number in front of me, what's the ceiling of this group based off of how this defense is playing? Well, I think the key, uh, assuming that they get a victory Sunday, and I'm going to go out on a limb and say they're going to get that victory I, I'll, I'll on agree Sunday, with you on that. because the Falcons can't—they're—they're not—they uh, don't have a good pass rush, and they can't score a lot of points. You know, so so I mean, they're 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 tailor made for for this team. <laughs> That's twice uh, you dropped that it's, now. <laughs> I know it's, the, the the two Giants games are really key. Yeah. Back to back Giants games. You know, you got a Giants game, then you got a bye week, and then you got another Giants game. That's the key. The Giants look a little bit flawed right now. They're reeling a little bit, uh, and they can be had. Uh, the 49ers, they're traveling to San Francisco to play the 49ers. You know, that, that, let's just mark that down as a loss. They're yeah. ending the season with the Cowboys. That could be a win if the Cowboys don't have to play for anything. If it's a meaningless game to the Cowboys, possibly that's a win. If, it, if not, I think that's a nightmare scenario for Taylor Heineke with Micah Parsons in his face all game. Uh, but it's the two giant games that's the key. Uh, right now, I think, I think, I think they've got to go 4-2 and two in their final six games to do that, which means, I think, beating, beating the Giants in both of those games. Yeah, it's going to be something interesting to monitor moving forward with this football team. Obviously, a lot of momentum right now. Winners of five out of their last six. How much credit do you give Ron Rivera for what's happened? Because I, I, for one, was very critical of him uh, during that rough five-game stretch to start the season. And, and really, I'm still critical of him because, like we've all talked about, this is now his third season, and I don't want to be a negative Nancy, and I get a lot of flack for that, Tom. But I'm a realist, and I want to look at the big picture always. No matter what happens at the end of this season, you still have failed to address the most important position in the sport, and this staff is now going into year four, Tom. Right, and I, I agree with that. Now, I'm, I'm, you know, I think he's limited as far as a coach. Uh, I think he's had like seven losing seasons out of 11 or 12. Six out of nine in his in career. <laughs> okay. Six out of nine so, losing seasons. So, but I think the quarterback search here was limited by the owner. 
Mm-hmm. You know, he, he, he wound up in playing – uh, when he first came here, the owner's hand-picked quarterback and Dwayne Haskins, God rest his soul. Uh, and then now I think that there, you know the ESPN story a couple weeks ago suggested that Dan Snyder was the motivating factor behind the uh, Carson Wentz trade. I think that's certainly his M.O. Mm-hmm. That's what he's done in the past uh, with Donovan McNabb and, and others that, that he, he's basically you know brought here. So I'm not going to necessarily come down on Rivera and, and the personnel guys for failing to address the quarterback situation because I think they may be hamstrung by the owner. Uh, hopefully the owner is not in the picture next year come yeah. draft time. Everyone cross their fingers and toes and legs about that one. Uh, and then, you know, then I think it's a clean slate for them. I think with a new owner, I think the coach gets a clean slate. Here's where their strengths are. Right. Uh, relationships. Uh, he's got very good relationships with his players, with his coaches. He had them in Carolina, and the team doesn't quit on him. I don't think you'll ever see. I don't think you'll see a forty to six defeat at the end of the season for a Ron Rivera team. So yeah. uh, I just think that he's got a lot of good qualities as a coach. Uh, is he among the top coaches in the league? No, not e- not even close. Uh, but he might not even be good as the guy in Philadelphia, uh, Nick Siriano. But uh, he's good enough to get them to a place of limited success this year. Yeah, it'll be an interesting situation to monitor moving forward. Another interesting situation with the team is the ownership stuff. You're somebody who's been well-versed in the book of Daniel Snyder, so to speak, Tom. Give us the latest on what you're hearing with the ownership situation, and when do you expect a uh, potential sale to happen. Well, I know that they want to, they want to have have it quick. Uh, I think you know. Last week, the Maryland Attorney General came out with an announcement that they had settled a case against the Commanders for basically you know illegally keeping uh, you know season ticket deposits and not returning them to customers. And the team didn't necessarily say they were guilty, but they agreed to pay a $250,000 fine. I mean, you know, they, and they <laughs> said basically it's like a no contest kind of thing, right. which is basically a guilty plea with people with good lawyers. You know, that, that, that's, that's how you get a no contest. So I think that's a sign that I think they want to clear the decks as much as they can for the sale of this team. And that means you've got to clear up any lawsuits or court actions. You got to get those cleared, and for all the bravado that the commanders' lawyers made when Carl Racine made his announcement last week, saying that they can't wait to face him in court. <laughs> what a joke! Uh, they, right? it, wasn't, it wasn't the same thing in Maryland. They, <laughs> they basically settled. They didn't. They, they didn't fight it. They settled them. They were writing them a two hundred fifty thousand dollar check, and for a team that bounces fifty fifty checks to their customers, yeah. two hundred fifty grand is no small change. But I think that's a sign that they want to move this quick. They want, they don't want, they, and you got you got to get the lawsuits out of the way to sell the team. Yeah, I wanted to ask you, Tom. Did, did you see Carl Racine was on outside the lines? I believe it was last week. Are, are you familiar with the quotes that he gave on their show? Basically, if if you if you're not familiar with it, and if our listeners are, and I'll, I'll briefly paraphrase it. Uh, basically, he was threatened apparently by members of the Washington Commanders. I brass, so to speak, with a letter sent to his office 
basically saying if he agreed to do the outside the lines program and do their show, they would be, you know, trying to sue him for ethical violations. I just can't believe a team that's got their backs against the wall the way that they do and got all this dirt up on them. The fact that they're still being so contentious and trying to fight everybody that they can, it's, it's on brand, actually. I shouldn't be surprised. It really is. It's on brand. It's, it's the same guy who basically hired private detectives to go harass uh, victims who had testified, you know, uh, and, and who had complained about sexual misconduct in a toxic workplace. Of course, it's, it's on brand. It, it's, 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 it's what they do. You know, Carl Racine took a lot of grief from a lot of Perry Masons out there who think that they have no case when it comes to filing under the Consumer Protection Act, uh, what is a bit of a reach. Yeah. Uh, you know, sexual misconduct and toxic workplace. Uh, a lot of people, you know, had a hard time figuring out how that fit in, and I certainly understand that. But they drew a, they drew a judge in this case to hear the case in February who's very sympathetic to consumer protection lawsuits. Mm. As for, I, I went back and looked at some of the cases he's heard, she's heard, and she does not throw them out of court. Mm. And all you've got to do if you're Carl Racine to, cause, to create damage is not get this, this case tossed. Because once, once you know, their efforts to have it dismissed are, are denied, if that happens, then you're in discovery and deposition mode. And that's not a place you want to be if you're Dan Snyder. No, it's not. This thing is uh, gonna get some life on it once the once the off season hits. I feel like we. I know in talking to you prior, you said the spring meetings is is a is a key point in this whole thing, right? Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's it's really it's an unpredictable situation. Right. I mean, you you got the U.S. Attorney in Eastern Virginia, which is separate from the Virginia Attorney General. That's a whole separate case. Yeah. This is a federal <laughs> a United States Attorney General, federal prosecutor, who's looking into possible criminal charges. Yeah, I mean, is. we don't even know where that's going to go. No. You know? So, uh, I mean, it's, there's so much unpredictability about it. It's hard to say that uh, it'll happen quickly. But because it's such a mess, I would think everyone would want to clear the decks of it as soon as possible. Yeah, I, I definitely think that's got to be the position that they're taking. Hopefully, for the fans' sake, it happens sooner uh, rather than later. I'd be remiss if I got you out of here without talking about the D.C. family, Tom Lavero, The Washington Wizards, the fifth seed right now in the Eastern Conference. I want to take it off the floor, though. You had a really hard-hitting piece last Friday in response to the team announcing that they were going to celebrate the big three. I thought you had stones of steel for writing that, as you always do. I'm a huge fan of your work, but you really hit home on some points that I think, you know, go upon deaf ears with a lot of these fans. Well, I mean, for one thing, the, this whole se- the whole celebration was part of the 25th anniversary of the changing of the name of the team. <laughs> okay? The t- name, team name was changed from Bullets to Wizards because the owner, A. Poland, thought that the bullet's name glorified gun violence. Whether you agree with that or not, that was his thinking. And now you're bringing in the guy who brought guns into the building and almost had a gunfight with a teammate in the locker room, and you're going to honor that guy? At the same time, you're celebrating uh, the the name change? It's, it's, you know, one of the absurdities. They just made an agreement with with a nonprofit group. Uh... 
you know, to promote T-shirt sales to stop gun violence. And they're bringing Gilbert Arenas back, you know, to the guy who, 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 you know, who basically said pick one, laid out his guns and told, you know, Crittenden to pick one. I mean, that's not that's not a small thing. That's absurd. I mean, it's, and, you know, it, it's I mean, people say, well, you know, give him a second chance, a second chance from that. I mean, tell me how many how many athletes have you ever known in your lifetime to have done something like that? I mean, I mean it's a small list, very small list. Yeah. So, no, I and plus the plus the, the other side thing that wasn't as important. The team ever won more than 43 games in a season. <laughs> That's what got me, man. Because I'm a young yeah. dude. I'm only 25, Tom. But that was like the heyday of my Wizards fandom, man. Those I know. first I round know. playoff series against LeBron and the Cavs. It's all we got. I get that. But now it's time to grow up. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> See, it's time, it's time to be an adult now yeah. and realize that it was a 43-win team that went 4-12 and in the playoffs. Never got past the first round. In, in, in for the big three, at least they got past the first round when Larry Hughes was with them. Yes, a, a year or two before, before. my time, more, a little bit more before my time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But for the big three, they were one and done. Uh, the John Wall era, uh, the John Wall era, uh, was much more worth celebrating mm. than than the big three era. The John Wall era, they had you know two second round uh, opportunities to really make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. If not for a few things that didn't go their way, they could have done it. But uh, yeah, it's... to celebrate the big three is just playing into, into the hands of ownership that has delivered you nothing but mediocrity. Yeah. And it seems like that's been a lot of people's problem with Ted Leonsis and his handling of the Washington Wizards. I want to ask you about the current state of the team, man. I was on board, or not on board with them giving Bradley Beal a $250 million max extension with a no trade clause in it because I'm like, well, damn, you're probably going to end up right back in the same place you were last year being a fringe play-in team. Right now, though, through 17 games, we're in the fifth seed. Do you think it lasts through the the duration of the season or no? Uh, Well, again, I'm a big back-of-the-baseball card guy. Yeah. Has it lasted before? Yeah, no. (laughs) Not at all. Okay. Okay, so I'm going to stick with that. Yeah, I, I'm, I, like I, I, there's nobody, there's few good people I revere more than Wes Uns, the late Wes Unseld. Yeah, I mean, he was he was such a great player and such a stand up guy, but I don't think his son is a very good coach. Mm, and uh, and I I just think they're limited. And I think if you come talk to me in April, they might make you know they might make the, the playoffs. But I don't think they'll be competitive, and they'll be out, and it'll be the typical story, you know. But right now they're play- they're fun to watch. Definitely. Okay, I, I I'll grant you that they're fun to watch now. But it's November. Yeah, it's November. Remember we were having you know, the same and, conversation last year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, and enjoy them. Uh, but uh, you know, and and God bless them if they manage to prove me wrong. I mean, because this town certainly deserves some NBA success. I mean, basketball fans in this town have seen the, the Bird Magic era, the Jordan era, yeah. the, the Shaq Kobe era, the LeBron era, and I don't even know what era we're in now, but have watched <laughs> those come and go without anything to show for it, without a team that's never won more than 49 games in a season Yeah, for 50 years. I mean, it's, it's amazing. My, my one good buddy – likes to pick at me because he knows the Wizards are my favorite NBA team. He says, man, there's a case to be made that the Wizards 
are the worst professional sports organization in sports right now of the pro level. <laughs> oh, I don't know about that. Well, I don't know well, Tom, about look, that. Tom, look, I saw a stat. <laughs> the Wizards since 2000, Tom, have the fifth fewest wins in all of basketball. Yeah. I, I know. Look, a lot of it is luck, too. Uh, and having the right guys in the right place for 20 years, the Warriors were the Wizards. Mm. Okay? Very true. I mean, the, the Warriors for 20 years had maybe, uh, I would think, like the worst record in the NBA. And then they hit with, with Steph Curry. You got to hope they hit with, with, with a guy like that. I mean, the NBA, it's tough yeah. to turn around a franchise. It really is. It's like turning a, a steamship around in a bathtub. It's just hard to do. <laughs> You are full of good analogies, my man. I appreciate you giving me some time, buddy. I'll talk to you soon. Okay, Linnell. Thanks for having me. All right. Always get smarter and learn a lot talking ball with, look, I don't even call him Tom Lavero no more. It's big game Tommy. You want to talk about somebody who's on the Mount Rushmore of media members in this market? I mean, as well-versed in all the pro sports teams, college teams, here in town as anybody. Always uh, fun talking hoops, talking football with him. We got to take a quick time out when we come back. It's been a while since we've done Nell's Quick Clicks. We'll do that next here on The Fan. Big thanks to big game Tom Lavero, columnist for the Washington Times, for joining us at the top of the 9 o'clock hour. If you missed any of that good, excellent conversation, make sure you use the Odyssey Rewind feature, go back and take a listen to that. Covered a whole bunch of things. The Commanders, the Wizards, ownership stuff. The Big Three reunion from last weekend. All of that and more. If you use the Odyssey Rewind feature, go back to the top of the 9 o'clock hour. My conversation with big game Tom Lavero. You heard the rejoiner. It's time for Nell's Quick Clicks. This week, though, in Nell's Quick Clicks. It's normally something that's non-sports related, but this situation and scenario got me so riled up that I figured, man, I got to talk about this during Nell's Quick Clicks. The New York Football Jets right now, one of the best teams in the AFC, a really pleasant surprise in Robert Sala's second year at the helm. This past Sunday, though, They lost a really, really tough outing against the New England Patriots on a punt return for a touchdown. Well, in that same offensive performance, the New York Jets really, really struggled on offense. And when I say really struggled, just look at the numbers of the quarterback, Zach Wilson, only throwing for 77 yards in four quarters of work. So for those of you out there who are upset and don't think Taylor Heineke and company are providing you enough offensively, just look at what the hell Zach Wilson's doing with the Jets. He was 9 of 22 for 77 yards. He was sacked four times. He was also the leading rusher in the game for the Jets, if that matters to anybody. But ultimately, man, this is all we've seen from Zach Wilson since he's taken over. The kid doesn't get it. Former second overall pick in in the draft. Supposed to be a franchise-altering type of quarterback talent. And, man, ever since he's entered the league, to me, just feels like he stunk up the joint. Every opportunity he's gotten. 
Go back to last year. His rookie campaign. Wasn't sexy by any stretch of the imagination. Wasn't anything to go and write home about. Zach Wilson may end up going down as one of the biggest busts in all of the NFL history. He's in Jamarcus Russell territory right now with the way he's performed in his first two years in the league. Last year, rookie season, completes 55.6% of his passes, only throws for 2,300 yards, nine touchdowns, 11 pickles. Wasn't good at all. Just wasn't good at all. Oh, and don't mention the fact that he struggled to stay healthy during this period of time. The thing about Zach Wilson is, man, sometimes when you're bad at the quarterback position, you can make up for it by just being a really stand-up individual and being a good person, i.e. Taylor Heineke. He's not worth a damn at quarterback either. But he's not a bad dude. Yesterday, after the loss, or Sunday after the loss, Zach Wilson took the podium and had this to say, when he was being talked to by New York reporters. The, as an offense, though, I mean, when you guys are only able to score three points, the defense only lets up three points. I mean, do you, do you feel like you let the defense down at all? No. No. Thank you. Kayla, can you run that back one more time for me? Because I, the, I don't believe offense, what though, I just heard. I mean, when you guys are only able to score three points, the defense only lets up three points. I mean, do you, do you feel like you let the defense down at all? No. No. Are you kidding me? The, as an offense, though, I mean, when you guys are only able to score three points, the defense only lets up three what points. What do you say? I mean, do you, do you feel like you let the defense down at all? No. Let me tell you something, Zach Wilson. Kayla, cut the music for a second. You listen to me very clearly, Zach Wilson. Out here trying to bang people's moms. It's a whole bunch of weird stuff going on with this guy. And ultimately, man, he's a distraction for you. Because now, guess what the conversation has been in New York with their sports talk radio? What's going on with Zach Wilson? Is he the guy? Is he not? I'm here to tell you, he's not that guy, pal. And I think we saw this last year. Anytime you're in Jamarcus Russell territory when it comes to your numbers at the quarterback position, it's not looking good for you. And look, what do we expect? When the hell was the last time we've seen a BYU quarterback come in and have any type of success in the National Football League? I don't remember. But the thing about Zach Wilson that really rubs people the wrong way is if you really listen closely to that question, Caitlin, can we run it back one more time? This is Zach Wilson in his post-game presser Sunday after the offense for the New York Jets was only able to muster up three points and 103 total yards, while defensively, they only give up, really, three points. This is Zach Wilson, Sunday, postgame. As an offense, though, I mean, when you guys are only able to score three points, the defense only lets up three points. I mean, do you you feel like you let the defense down at all? It was a layup of a question. He didn't say, Zach, did you feel like you let the defense down? He said, did the offense feel like they let the defense down? Are you an idiot? Zach Wilson, are you dumber than you look? You gotta be kidding me. They're doing everything in their power to try to make sure this kid doesn't get ripped apart by the media contingent in New York. It's a tough market. 
Ask Geno Smith. Ask Eli Manning. Ask Mark Sanchez. It's eat or be eaten in New York. And right now, Zach Wilson's about to get eaten alive. Because guess what? Hot shot. Former number two overall pick. His head coach, Robert Sala. He's fed up with his second-year quarterback. He spoke to the New York media earlier today and had this to say. Robert, I, I, I think you could probably um – I know you're you're opening it up to every position on offense, but the moment you say quarterback and not committing to Zach, I mean that becomes the major story here. And for sure, if you think about this entire year to this point, even when Zach has struggled, you can go back to his rookie year. The one thing you've constantly committed to is that he is this team's quarterback, he's this team's future, he's this team's franchise, and he he is he is your quarterback. And even yesterday, you kind of said it's the furthest thing from your mind. So. How like I guess one of the things, how do you get to this point? How do you go from that's the furthest thing from my mind to now you're sitting here telling us that no, I mean everything is on the table with who's going to start at quarterback when that seemed to be the untouchable position throughout the last year? No, fair question. Um, uh, you know, you on the I mean I can give you the whole explanation in terms of just being on the plane ride and you watch the tape and you just see some things and you write down notes and it's just me taking a step back and I got to go back like I said I'm behind on the day but uh um you know just to take a deep breath and say you know what I everything needs to be evaluated it's just when you when you put up 100 yards of offense I don't care how good New England is and they are good um it's unacceptable it's not NFL football and uh so everything is just being talked about. How can we be better? How can we be better, be better as coaches? How can we call the game better? How can we game plan better? How can we execute better? How, how can we change practice? Um, so, yeah, the quarterback is part of a, a pile of stuff that's being talked about. And um, and it's uh, something that we've got to find an answer to, and we got to do it by Wednesday. <laughs> what a fall from grace for the former number two overall pick, Zach Wilson. Can we look at some of the numbers for Zach Wilson this year? Let's do it. Let's do it because the numbers are worse than the play looks on the field. And I I didn't even think that was possible. He's been so damn bad. It's head scratching how bad Zach Wilson has been. For a guy, I remember the pro day throw that he made that had everybody drooling. They thought he was the next Patrick Mahomes. They thought he had Josh Allen in him. This kid is a no good, spoiled brat. And his actions yesterday and his actions after the game showed you that. You want to talk about a complete, total lack of accountability from the game's most important position, I might add. Zach Wilson, you can't tell me. You can't tell me that that question could have been laid up on a silver platter more for you than it was for Zach Wilson. They were trying to get him to say the right thing. They were trying to get him to be politically correct. But he's such a jackass that he couldn't get himself together. This is the real Zach Wilson coming out and on full display right now. And guess what? Guess what? When you're playing as poor as Zach Wilson's played over the last two seasons, you don't get to act. I can't even say the word on the air. You don't get to act that way. Can I, can I take you back to his final game of last year against the Buffalo Bills where the numbers were? 7 of 20. 87 yards. Sacked eight times. The New Orleans Saints game from last year. 19 of 42. 202 yards. That's a 45.2% completion percentage. 
You're telling me this guy is franchise quarterback material? Hell, he's not even a good leader. Give me a break when it comes to Zach Wilson and the New York Jets. Robert Sala, this last message is for you. You've got one decision that you need to make Sunday when your football team takes the field. There's only one correct move that the New York Jets can make Sunday when they take the field. And it's very, very simple. You're at home. You're in a situation right now where you're six and four, still control your own destiny in the AFC playoff picture. But let me tell you this. Robert Sala, if you don't start Joe Flacco against the Chicago Bears on Sunday, the season will be lost. One final segment here on this Tuesday night edition of Overtime here on 106.7 The Fan and always streaming live nationally on the free Odyssey app. It's been a pleasure riding with you guys for the past three and a half hours. We'll end the show on a lighter note. Everyone's favorite quarterback here in town, Taylor Heineke, guess what? He was mic'd up Sunday in the commander's big-time win over the Houston Texans and uh, running back Antonio Gibson. Wasn't too fond of uh, the way his quarterback was smelling. We was in the huddle. I just wanted to see smell. Oh, really? <laughs> That's Commanders running back Antonio Gibson. Basically, just being, well, as, as I like to say, keeping it hundo P with his quarterback, man. Look, anybody I work with or works with me, if I don't smell good, I hope. I hope you would tell me, because that's the last thing you want, is to be walking around funky. No one likes a funky man. No one likes a funky woman. No one likes a funky other. Just know, hygiene always at the forefront. I appreciate you guys tapping in with me. If you missed any of the show, the podcast will be up shortly. Make sure if you're using the Odyssey Rewind feature, go back and listen to some of the big-time interviews from tonight. Star-studded guest list only. When I'm here in this seat on overtime, our good friend David Harrison joined the show at the top of the 8 o'clock hour. Chase Hughes, Wizards insider from NBC Sports Washington, joined at about 8.30. And then the top of this hour, we had big game Tom Lavero blessing us with his presence. What a treat it was to talk ball with him. Tomorrow, you can catch me on the Team 980 hosting the Burgundy and Gold today as I do every day, Monday through Friday, 12 to 3 over on the Team 980, abbreviated show tomorrow because of some college basketball conflicts to the schedule. We're on from 2 to 3, and then following that, I'm with you till 6 o'clock on the Hoffman Show. Until then, be safe, be blessed, and hail to the commanders. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. 
With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.